We're going to get into our scripture passage for the day. Uh, it comes from Matthew 9, verses 9 through 13. And if you have your Red Pew Bible, it's on page 814. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners. Today, Pastor Albert and his family are on vacation, um, and so they are out of town. Uh, so we have a guest speaker. His name is Pastor Alex. Pastor Alex is the pastor of Missio Day, a house church network in Oakland. Uh, so if you could please join me in giving him a warm welcome. Good morning. Yes, we uh, help and serve uh, a house church network called Mr. Day Oakland. Um, we also just call it MDO. So first, just a thanks to Regen. I'm sure a lot of you guys don't know, but um, Regen is one of the, there's only two churches that support us, and Regen is one of them. So um, it's good to be with folks that care about uh, what we do. So we just go and make disciples among the poor and struggling in Oakland. So, and what we do is we plant house churches for folks. So let me pray for us as we look into uh, God's word today. Father, we um, want to open up um, our hearts, our eyes, our ears to you and to your spirit and to let you do um, whatever you desire to do within us um, in order to make us more like your son and to send us um, into service in this world. So um, guide us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, the last uh, year of ministry has been um, kind of difficult, but um, we've had some good things here and there. So one of the um, things that's been growing has been our uh, new kind of Hispanic house church. So uh, we lead people to faith, and then we try to grow them and form a new house church, like in their apartment or home or something like that. And so I think one of the things I've been still trying to keep up with learning about God has been um, through Matthew 9. So if you have a Bible, if we could uh, just turn to Matthew 9. And one of the things I've really been learning has been uh, just this next uh, thing, is that Jesus loves sinners and tax collectors broken people who are far from God and unwanted in this world. And um, the challenge of keeping my heart in that place when it's hard um, to keep loving well. So in Matthew 9, it says, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. 
For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And just this next point here. Uh, we are all sinners, including Pharisees, but so many in Oakland are poor, far from God, and disdained um, by our world. So in this context, Jesus is actually surrounded by a bunch of people who are all far away from God. The sinners, the tax collectors, but also the Pharisees, right? The Pharisees are also far away from God. But the Pharisees don't know that, right? And they actually have a standing in the world. And I feel like that's very true for, I'm not calling you guys Pharisees, but I think it's very, probably very true for us. Like, when we have our insecure moments, our moments of weakness, do you guys ever feel like sometimes you wonder if, like, you matter or if you're special or what makes you good, right? And I think a lot of times in those times we draw something in our life that makes us feel good about ourselves, right? Well, at least I'm pretty, right? Or at least I went to this school, so I'm smart. Or look how much money I make. Or we think, look at how good my, you know, I might not be good, but look at how good my kids are and how they've turned out. So we have these things. Does that make sense to you guys? Do you guys ever have those moments? Like, I feel, I have those moments like every morning (laughs) when I wake up, right? It's like, do I matter? (laughs) And so, a lot of our guys, including the sinners and tax collectors in this passage, they don't have much to draw from. Um, it's, and that's a really low, lonely place where not only do you, you know, you're a sinner far away from God, but like you're not a Pharisee, that you have these other things in this world to make you feel like a somebody amongst the people in the world. And that's kind of where our guys are at. And they have a lot of dysfunction and they're difficult, but Um, God has this heart for all people and people that are broken and far away from God. And we've been trying to track with that. But it's been so hard to do that um, with kind of that demographic in East Oakland. For me, it's it's very difficult. And so one of the lessons that I've had to be kind of um, really learning has been from Dorothy Day. She was the founder of the Catholic Worker Movement, where her whole mission was to give welcome to the chronically unwelcome. And the way that she would put it was that she tried to serve um, the undeserving poor. Um, her whole ministry was just filled with people that just drove her crazy. And like, it's, not, it's one thing to go and serve at Christmas and serve a meal, right? And it's a different thing to live in relationship with these folks every day. And so um, the Atlantic had this really great write-up on her, and this was uh, the quote they had about her. Dorothy Day lived with the forgotten man, and he was a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> which is like, I don't know if you guys read, but when I read that in the Atlantic, I was like, oh, I love you, Dorothy Day, right? Because like, I feel like someone gets me, because my, my lack of like patience and love that I have, I just run out, right? The thing that has been humbling for me has been this quote by Thomas Merton, and where he says, the saints are what they are, not because their sanctity makes them admirable to others, but because the gift of sainthood makes it possible for them to admire everybody else. It gives them a clarity of compassion that can find good in the most terrible criminals. It delivers them from the burden of judging others, condemning other men. It teaches them to bring the good out of others by compassion, mercy, and pardon. A man becomes a saint not by conviction that he is better 
than sinners, but by the realization that he is one of them and that all together need the mercy of God. And uh, a mentor of mine, he loves this quote, and the way he kind of puts it even shorter is, um, saints are not saints because of their sanctity. Saints are saints because they can see the sanctity in everyone else. That saints are not saints because of their sanctity, but they are saints because they can see the sanctity in everyone else. That no matter who it is and how much this world hates them or finds them distasteful, saints look at people and see the image of God in everyone. And that has been like the humbling quote and the goal, though, for me that I just struggle with so much. But in that is like so much beauty that in our world, and especially like in a place like in Oakland, it's our call. Can I, can I see the sanctity of every human being around me, and especially those that are poor and struggling, and give them dignity? Does that make sense to you? Very difficult, though. Okay. So there's the second thing um, I've been learning, um, is the difference between mercy and religion, that God loves compassion God loves compassion much more than religion. So let me just read those two verses here in Matthew. On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And then just the next point here is the the way Eugene Peterson translates this in the message. Same verses. What he writes is, Jesus, overhearing, shot back, who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? Go figure out what this scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite outsiders, not coddle insiders. I remember um, when I was a younger Christian, my college days, I love how he says, go and figure this out. Right? It's like, I'm going to tell you this, and you're not going to get it. So go and think on it, right? and then come back to me. And I always was weird because he said he doesn't love sacrifice. And I always like, gosh, sacrificial love is like kind of very much the heart of our faith, right? But it wasn't that kind of sacrifice that he was talking about. He was talking about like ritual sacrifice, killing of the animals, right? saying like that I desire mercy, not the ritual or the church service or the religion. What I desire is compassion and mercy and for my people to be all about that. I'm not that excited about religion. Does that make sense to you? And so for us, uh, with the folks that we serve, um, this next point here, what we've kind of learned is the whisper of God in mercy is kind of this voice that tells people, you know, I see you. I notice you. You matter. And then for us telling people that, you know, someone died for you. That you're precious. You're valuable. That, like, I, I see you. I truly see you. I notice you. You truly matter. And I think all of us in this room would love that from people, right? Don't we love when we feel like we're noticed, we matter. We're valuable to someone. But for those that are poor and struggling, it matters even more because they don't have much and they are looked down upon in this world. And so the gospel goes out 
to share with those that God cares so much for. Because our context, a lot of our guys are dishwashers at restaurants. They all make minimum wage. Some of our folks are manicurist people. They're just dealing with people's feet all day, their hands, and they're working like 60 or 70 hours a week, usually getting paid less than minimum wage. They're working at the car wash, just washing cars. They're like, do you know what I'm saying? These are a lot of people that are not noticed. Um, They're used for their labor, but they're not like seen and noticed and valued. Um, They can very much pass over. And the mercy of the gospel is that I notice you. You matter, and you matter deeply to Jesus. The last thing I just want to kind of um, leave with you is that the deep, deep love of Jesus calls us to go make disciples with great compassion and mercy, and that we find God, beauty, and meaning when we see the image of God in all people and show them mercy. And I think for all of us here that have maybe not gone through the life, God expects more from you. It's not less. The reason why you have privilege and wealth and safety and resources, it's not for you. It's for our world. And if you hoard it, you're letting go of what God wants you to do. We're called to go and love and serve and sacrifice well, to give God so much glory, to love our world well, but also it's for your deeper blessing. And so go and show compassion and mercy to this broken up, busted up world. Let me pray for us. God, we have been given so much, um, even in a worldly way, so many people here. Um, But God, we have been given the deepest thing, which is our um, life in Christ, our forgiveness, our hope, the power of the Holy Spirit, the treasure of your love in our lives. So we thank you, and we, uh, we just enjoy all you give to us but also send us, God, into this world for your glory, for the good of this world, and also for our own joy. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.